0: Thursday, everybody, and welcome to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm
1: Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban, and you can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. You can also subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, give us that five-star review. And we talk about judging in MMA, so you might as well learn the criteria. You can find that at abcboxing.com.
0: Yeah, happy Thursday had kind of a strange ring to it, man, right? It, it, it feel a little strange to me anyway. Yeah, I'm used to thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Okay, Well, we're not doing that. And to do with that. You can drink all you want. Yeah. Um no, it, we figured we've got some PFL events coming up that are going to be on Thursdays, so why don't we kind of get ahead of them rather than try to, you know, miss out on that. We'll just say, okay, we'll we'll do it beforehand. We'll put our shows out a day early. And uh, and we'll go from there. So that's you know we're gonna be doing Thursday this week. We'll do Thursday next week. We'll do Thursdays for any of the June events for PFL that are gonna be on Thursdays as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think at least for now it'll be a temporary change. Maybe maybe we'll move permanently. Who knows? Who knows? We gotta you know we we gotta talk to uh, the people at Nielsen, find out what the ratings are like uh, for (laughs) when we do this. (laughs) when we do the show on thursday as opposed to friday i wish i
1: had a nielsen box
0: (laughs) i always thought it would be cool to have one of those right yeah it would be awesome yeah and then everyone would just be like well i guess he stopped watching tv because he just watches through apps now
1: no i'd have c-span on like, wow c-span is
0: c-span's getting huge ratings (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah we're going we're coming down from the weekend of course where we had that amazingly busy weekend, but also a really fun Saturday. And we already beat that one to death. I think we covered everything we need to in that one. But, you know, now we've got, like I said, PFL coming up Thursday. Two days later, we've got UFC back in Las Vegas for uh, another UFC Apex event. Apex Hour is not over.
1: It's, it it's over. not over.
0: No, yeah, you actually kind of convinced me it was. And I'm like, I've... well, hold on a second. I think my understanding... Dan is what they're going to be doing with the pay-per-view cards. Is they're going to try and take them on the road wherever they can. But okay. Otherwise, I believe, at least time being, it's going to be anything that's not on pay-per-view will just be back at USC Apex. They Got want it. they want to fill as many. They want to put butts in every seat, and it sounds like maybe they don't think they can do that reliably right now. So they say, okay, you know what? It's cheap enough to do it where we are. This this is just kind of observational. This is not me getting this information from somebody else, but I'm just kind of taking the leaps in logic here that this is a way they can kind of save money. They can put it all in one place. They know it works and go from there.
1: Yeah, it works. I like the Apex, so.
0: I like it too, you know. I, I think we said it already, uh, but I I actually don't mind them never going back to crowds unless I'm going to be in it and watching you know, in person.
1: Yeah, I still like the crowd now. Yeah. I got a little taste of it last week, and I'm ready. I'm ready for it.
0: Too many woos. No. I already, I've already had enough woos. I'm like, <laughs> all right, enough. Move on. And we'll go home. But, you know, we, we've we got, like I said, there's UFC, and we've got a couple of fights that I think make for interesting revisiting based on some of the fighters that we're going to have at the UFC card. We also talked about potentially doing something from the PFL uh, event, but it ended up being... Best fit for us to pick two fights involving fighters who are on the main card of UFC Apex number twenty five, right? Yep. So the first one is going to be a split and headaches. We're we're just gonna look at a couple of split rounds here, and that comes from a twenty nineteen fight between one of the headliners, Dominic Reyes, in his fight against Vulcan Ozdemir. So let's, so let's go back to that yeah. one, right? Yeah. Do you remember this one? Like, did you watch it? Uh, yeah, we definitely watched it. Okay. Uh, but couldn't remember it. I didn't love the fight, to be honest.
1: Was it wasn't the most uh exciting or intriguing fight.
0: It's it's not that they were passive. It was you know, it was kind of one of these heavier weight fights where, you know, light heavyweight, heavyweight, where you know, they're not always pulling the trigger. When they do, it's like, Oh, you know, something can happen but yeah, it, it was a little tepid but you know, it, because this one was close and we had two split rounds, it made sense to revisit, right? Yeah, but let's let's do it. Let's do it. So just a little setup. You know, th- this one we're scoring just like normal. It's like we would be breaking down for uh, any contested rounds. We'd be doing post-event. This isn't past judgment with our own scoring system, so this is natural. Uh, a little background, though. This was on the main card of a UFC fight night at the O2 Arena in London on March 16, 2019, a little more than two years ago. That was Dan, the event when Jorge Masvidal stopped Darren Till, and then offered uh, Leon Edwards a three-piece of a soda. Yes, <laughs> and then they ushered
1: him out of this. The,
0: yeah. the country. And then they never fought, and they probably mm-hmm. never will. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that'd be an interesting fight, but I, I, I almost think it's just not going to happen anymore. I no, guess, no. I guess we'll see what happens. You know, maybe he beats Nate Diaz. Uh, Leon Edwards does, and, and maybe. Oh, of course you'll say that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a 209 for life, right? Yes. Uh, but yeah, so this one, uh, Ozdemir, he's coming in. Uh, both fighters are actually 29 years old. Ozdemir is 15-3, but having come off with two straight losses, the first being uh, his light heavyweight title challenge against Daniel Cormier. Didn't go his way the previous January. And then also uh, a few months later in October, when Anthony Smith submitted him, Reyes... He's a perfect 10 and 0. He's a, he's on the come up even though they're kind of the same age, obviously they are different levels of um career status, you know. He, Reyes took a little bit of a, a more slow burn build when he got to the UFC. Uh, so he had just beaten in his previous fight Ovin Saint Pru by unanimous decision uh also in the previous October. And that was actually Ozdemir's that was actually Ozdemir's most or uh, his first UFC opponent. So, you know, they're kind of on strange Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not strange, but kind of different wavelengths as far as, like I said, their progression through the UFC yeah. rankings. The judges for this one, Junichiro Camijo, Andy Roberts, and Paul Sutherland, uh, and the referee, Leon Roberts. I, I'm not aware of a relation between Andy and Leon Roberts. I'm not sure if there is one or not. I'm going to assume no. Yeah, Roberts is a pretty common last name. It is, it is. But yeah, Dan, so yeah, you know, we're only going to be talking about round one and two here because they were both split. Let's start with round one. What happened? This was a round where Reyes
1: had... He was the kicker, obviously. I mean, Reyes, Reyes has great kicks. Ozdemir, all, all fight
0: is kicks yeah. from him, yeah.
1: And Ozdemir was the one that was punching. He threw some kicks, but not as much. Uh, and
0: I just thought... He was strategic with them, though.
1: Well, he, they both exchange... Well, not not exchange, but they both do get, like, sweeps with their kicks in this round. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Ozdemir's was slightly better, because he ends up on top. Landed a couple strikes here and there. Good work against the cage and the clinch. I thought Ozdemir was slightly more effective close round but I'm going Ozdemir 10 9.
0: Yeah, I I understand why this was a split. Yeah, I mean, kind of lower output, you know, they're doing a lot of stalking and a lot of moving around the cage but not mm-hmm. as much other than kind of the the kick here and there like you're saying. Uh I also saw this one for Ozdemir uh for 10 9, but yeah, it's it's enough that you kind of get why there was a split here among the judges uh Camijo and Roberts. They were the ones who saw it the same way you and I did for Ozdemir, and it was Paul Sutherland who saw it for Reyes. And again, nothing wrong with that from uh, from Judge Sutherland.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with it. I just thought Ozdemir, I mean, really his difference is that he was just a little bit slightly better punching to the head. And I thought that's why he was more effective.
0: I agree. So. I, I think there was a little bit more immediate impact, right, yeah. from yeah. from those things. But, you know, from let's say from Sutherland's angle, maybe he's not seeing the same type of impact or maybe he's seeing different impact coming from the kicks. You know, that's that's one of those things Could where be. being closer up or being at a, a specific angle. To be able to see or not see can alter the perception of, of what happened in that round. So, yeah, nothing wrong there. I I don't think it's crazy that that one is split. What about round two, our other round for this one, Dan?
1: Round two, I thought another close round. That's why it's split between the pros. That's true. So <laughs> I just think Reyes landed better. Ozimir didn't land as well to the head as he did in round one, I thought. He had some good ones, but I thought Reyes started mixing his strikes really well. He started going to the head, the body, the legs. I thought everything all put together was more effective. Especially early, his leg kicks were solid. I thought this is a total
0: blowout round for... for <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. honestly, I mean, I, I can't disagree with really anything that you're saying, other than I actually did think that Özdemir was still a little bit more effective with the strikes that he was landing, but, you know, we're, we're talking about again, another very low output, you know, one strike here or there kind of round, and I, I thought that there was some really good uh, effective countering with the kicks coming from Ozdemir. And it, it was, you know, because you, know, you had a body kick, right, that would come up from Reyes. Mm-hmm. And then Ozdemir would throw that inside kick to counter it. Mm-hmm. And it looked just as effective there. And, and I think you started to see that weapon being taken away or at least countered to a degree. So it was kind of being neutralized a little bit more.
1: Yeah. he, I mean, he st- Reyes started good. Yeah. And then that, that kind of slowly went away.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I and I I thought Ozdemir did enough to take the round.
1: And if you if you do look at if you go by the eye test, Reyes is the one that looks a little wear and tear.
0: Yeah, and so. obviously that doesn't really weigh exactly into it, but you know, he is he is landing, you know, to the he's kind of hitting that nose a little mm-hmm. bit. It kind of started in the first round too, so you know, it's not like you can just keep carrying right. it into yeah. each and every round. Uh maybe he makes it worse, maybe it does. It's it's hard to tell. Uh, especially for someone like me who has not been uh, officially trained and certified mm-hmm. to be a judge. Uh, we we always remind that we are amateurs still. Yep. Yep. Untrained amateurs. But we like this stuff. We like talking yeah. about it. And, <laughs> and hopefully we know a little bit enough to be able to talk about it as well. Uh, but yeah, so I, at this point, I have it two rounds to none 2018 for Ozdemir and you've got it split. Right. Yeah. 1919. 19. We watched the third round anyway, and we all, everyone saw it for Reyes. All three judges did as well. So yeah. nothing, nothing screwy there or anything like that. The judges for round two, I should point out, uh, Ozdemir was uh, the majority score in this round two, but all this, this time it came from Roberts and Sutherland. So uh, Camijo gave that one to Reyes, which means both Camijo and Sutherland have it tied at 19 apiece through two rounds, although they got there in different ways. And it was Judge Roberts who already, like me, scored it 20 to 18 for Oz to mm. So that's where it's one of those things. One of these funny rounds. I, we should come up with a name for it or something like that. Where, Or one of these fights where you've got a, a guy who won the round or a fighter who won the round on two out of three cards in two out of three rounds. Mm. And they lose because of the way it works. It, it's It's dependent on. The judges card, (laughs) not each individual round, which is such a funny thing. It's it's we've spoken about this before. I don't know that necessarily one is better than the other.
1: It's kind of it's a weird situation.
0: It is weird because if if from you from a certain point of view, as I always like to point out from our our quote from uh, from Star Wars on my one of my favorite quotes, the underrated little quote, right? Um, It's you. could If you're Vulcan Ozdemir, you can look at this and be like. I mean, didn't I win? Didn't I actually win? (laughs) I know that's not the way it actually works, and and, you you can't officially call me a winner, but technically, if you look at who won the round, I won the majority of the judges' cards in two out of three rounds. Or, but then you look at it,
1: if you separate each score into one, you got Ozemir winning four total and then Reyes wins five total, so it's five to four.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that that's owed to the fact that he won the uh, unanimous round there. Right. The, the one round that, you know, was just a little bit easier mm-hmm. to score, I think. You know, in, in well, that yeah, round, I mean, Reyes had a nice knee that really stood out in that round. That knee round. ended it. I mean, yeah, that basically, it, so, was, it was like the only real significant strike of the whole fight. Yeah, he shut down Ozdemir real quick. So kind of when so. you when you look at it from that perspective, it's almost like, who would have won on, like pride rules you know who who actually would have won the fight if you just said mm-hmm. okay on if you look at the totality of the fight who deserved to win who do you think in this fight if it was pride i would go with or or one fc or one one uh, championship yeah that, as say. as a
1: whole i'd say reyes cuz that that knee really it it shut down osimier's offense he was the stalker the whole fight until that and then he just was on his back foot the whole way
0: and the whole fight hit. up to that point was so yeah. close really yeah. it's like it's it was entirely reasonable to be able to say, if you were just looking at the totality of 15 minutes, that, yeah, I, I think that need does make a significant difference. When you think about that, you got to weigh immediate impact more heavily. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not mad about the result. It's hard to be. This wasn't the most entertaining fight, as we already outlined. Yeah. Uh, so it is what it is. And and just so everybody knows, the final scores here, uh, it was Camijo and Sutherland who gave Reyes the fight 29-28. Roberts gave the fight to Ozdemir 29-28, as I did. Um, But, again, I think it's fine. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. It's probably the last time anyone should ever talk about this fight, right?
1: Yeah, I think we we did it, and no one should ever talk about it again. Yeah,
0: Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully this one's at least a little bit more engaging. I think it was a much more interesting fight than our second one that we're going to be getting into in just a second. This one will be a past judgment, though.
1: Yes. They're giving you both a splitting headache
0: and a past judgment. Uh, can you handle it? Can anybody <laughs> handle it? I don't know. We've never done anything <laughs> like this before. Getting crazy over here. We've got we're, Thursday shows we're gonna, now. We're going to power this show with plutonium. <laughs> gun it to 88 and travel back to 1955. Yeah, let's rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. So, well, actually, let's, let's just go back to 2020, right? This fight is mm-hmm. going to be uh, Mirab Vili against Casey Kenney. Uh This was part of the prelims actually we don't do too many prelim fights uh of a ufc fight night at uh santa Ana star center in rio rancho new mexico on february 15 2020 one of the earliest episodes of the couchside judges covered this event actually yeah uh don't go back and listen we didn't it, it you know we didn't know as much then as we do now and who knows what the heck we said sure we were i'm sure we were saying all sorts of dumb stuff
1: Definitely spoke about John Jones. Did we? One hundred percent. He was there.
0: Oh, that's true. He did so, the whole like, "Oh, I'm here. Come get me." Uh, to to Yamblohovich, and then he went up to heavyweight, and Yamblohovich became the champion. Yep. Over Dominic Reyes,
1: he smashed. It all Reyes. comes full yeah, circle. That was, wow.
0: Everything comes full circle. That had to be his best performance. It was really awesome. It was really, really awesome. Although, I mean, depending on the you know the caliber of opponent you want to talk about. Beating uh, Israel Adesanya the way he did was actually a pretty big deal. It's too. impressive. For it's sure. it's impressive because okay. we hadn't seen that against uh, Adesanya at the UFC level. No, but, y- but y- it was it was a it was a much more explosively impressive performance from Jan. I I I think that that might be a big factor in what you're saying, right? Also the size. I mean, it yeah. does play play a role for sure, for sure. Um, and then uh, you know for this one, Deval really he's coming in. He's 29 years old, only nine and four. Uh, It feels like he's got a a, a much more veteran record than that at this uh, at the time of this fight, though. But even at this, he's still, you know, very young in his MMA journey. Uh, He's, you know, he won his only fight in 2019, the year before this fight took place uh, back in May, a unanimous decision over Brad Katana. Kenny, he's coming in 28 years old, 13, one and one. He'd won six fights in a row. Hadn't been uh, defeated in the UFC just yet. The latest had come. Another unanimous decision over Manny Bermudez in August 2019. Judges for this one, Derek Cleary, Sal D'Amato, and Esther Lopez, a local uh, New Mexico judge, and the referee, Joe Coca. Before we get into this, though, Dan, why don't you run back uh, what we do for the uh, for past judgment scoring? Just yeah. sure so everybody knows.
1: Real quick, remind you guys. CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned at the top of the show, available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all 3. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, let's dive right into it.
0: Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm, uh, we did this kind of out of order here, so I'm glad we, we were able to get back yeah. and do it before, before we really dove into it. But Dan, yeah. why don't you tell us uh, what we saw in round one? Tavalsvili comes out, opens with
1: a solid body kick. I was like, oof, that was a good one. Uh, landing good leg kicks, some good punches, solid takedown knees against the fence. Decent ground strikes, but you know, Kenny kept it close the whole time. He backed him up with some good strikes to the head, kicks to the body. Close round, 10-9 really.
0: Yeah, I also had it as a 10-9 really. I thought it was it was competitive for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think yeah, I think the the best damage that you're getting is coming from Duvalishvili. So it made it a little easier for me to give it to Kenny than me. I don't know if you had uh, any real struggles with going one way or the other. I don't think it's bad to go the other way to for Kenny, but I did feel pretty good about uh, Mirab here. Yeah, I, I felt
1: it yeah. was pretty good for, for Vili. Yeah. But if you if you saw it for Kenny, I, I'd have really no issue with it. And no. You did land some good ones.
0: I have no issue with it, so you know, this, I think we can put this in the books as, as a definite 10-9 uh, nothing more, nothing less for Dvalishvili, which is so weird that there was zero agreement among the three judges. <laughs> this just doesn't happen too often. We had just this past weekend, we had a variance in uh, two judges going 10-9 for one fighter and then the other judge going 10-8 for the other fighter. So we had kind of that degree of separation. Although this time, it's kind of the same, except there's someone in the middle now. Which is where we had both ended up on, mm-hmm. well, not we both you you actually had a ten I ended up in ten the nine middle, on that yeah. one. I had a ten eight, but I kind of you know it was more I've thought about it over the right. last few days. I'm like, maybe maybe it really is just a ten nine um, but anyway, as far as this particular round here, Derek Cleary gave Kenny the ten nine, which I'm okay with, yeah, yeah, so. I don't think it's a problem. uh Saldamado, he gave this one a ten nine for dollars Philly. It was Esther Lopez, though who threw a monkey wrench into everything. By giving this one a solid ABC scoring 10-8, which really in our system comes out to a 10-7. Head scratch. Typically. And yeah, I don't see this in any way, shape, or form. This is not a responsible application of the 10-8 score. And no matter how liberal you're trying to interpret what's written down as, it. It's a very weird one from uh, from Ms. Lopez.
1: Really, I mean, there's no, there's nothing large margin about this. There's nothing dominant about this round. It's just a bad score.
0: It, yeah, it, you can't really check any D's here. I don't, I don't really get this one. Uh, the only D is for Devolshvili.
1: Unfair score, really. So
0: yeah, I, I don't like this at all. Um, it did end up going down as as a round for Devolshvili, but like realistically, let let's say you know. When we'll get to it, but let's just say, for argument's sake, round two, Kenny comes out there and he puts a stamp on it and takes round two. He's still down. It shouldn't be Mm -hmm. on one card. It doesn't make any sense. You know, the fight's still up for grabs, but there's one judge out there who's just got a score that doesn't add up. And this this is the type of score that, you know, not every local judge is going to post a score that really makes your head scratch. I mean, they're perfectly capable local judges. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But when. We see complaints on social media about, oh, the judges in Nevada, oh, they're terrible, da da, da 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 I always point out, like, look, did you forget what it is when we get the judges you've never heard of before <laughs> that you only see at the UFC level, you know, once every two to three years? If that, it's, it, sometimes we get scores like this, yeah. and you're like, what the heck is going on? And you're like, well, you didn't want Chris Lee to judge. This is who you got. Are you happy now?
1: Yeah. Usually New Mexico and Texas.
0: (laughs) New Mexico just doesn't get as many UFC events, though.
1: Yeah, but this one was in.
0: I know, I know, but it's very rare. You know, Texas is Texas actually gets a lot of shows. They they're one of the states. It's you're really talking about Nevada. You're talking about New York, and you're talking about Texas as far as kind of high volume U.S. states for UFC shows. California as well.
1: Seems like florida's going to be getting a lot. Florida's Florida's going to get a ton.
0: Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a reward slash. there there's obviously a union between Dana White and uh Governor DeSantis down there the, the from, from the apolitical uh organization that is the UFC that that has made its MM, uh, its uh media tour on as many uh shows today as possible to talk about political subjects <laughs> it just didn't make any sense uh we're on Tuesday by the way so yeah but this this one to to get it back here this was not a good score uh from his lopez this is realistically it's a 10 9 one or the other. If you give it anything else, it just doesn't add up.
1: Yeah, really, it doesn't.
0: So uh, I think we got to move on, though, to round two. Uh, and this one, I thought it was a little bit more clear yeah, for I thought, I
1: agree. Uh, uh, it was competitive on the feet for about two minutes. Yes. And then Kenny hit a wall and just started gassing pretty hard, it seemed. You know, they are fighting at altitude in New Mexico. And so.
0: Devalish keeps a a high pace which they you know they talked about as often as they could on the broadcast about how they had to tell him they they didn't tell him he's gonna be (laughs) training at elevation because (laughs) they knew he'd go crazy so they just (laughs) kept that information from i think we heard that like six times the broadcast like all right we get it fellas
1: (laughs) oh but anyway started landing a little bit better and then he he started grinding him down when he's on the cage landing good knees finishing the round there solid 10-9 it wasn't enough to go 10-8 for me but Again, clear from Rob.
0: Yeah, very clear 10-9. I didn't even flirt with the idea of going to a 10-8. It, it just seemed like an, a nice, easy, solid round for Devalishvili that you wouldn't consider giving to Casey Kenny. Unfortunately, none of the judges did that. Everyone was on the same page. 10-9 mm-hmm. and it, all,
1: yeah. And to go back, I mean, this round was much clearer for Devalishvili. So how was this not also a 10-8? Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, there's also that. So- that is an excellent uh point my friend. Yeah why what did what did judge Lopez see in this round that was like I just didn't think it was yeah, the same level of dominance enough. as yeah it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know it, it's not it, it's not a good score. Uh round 3 though this was a round where we do at least start to think okay maybe we can start considering that extra degree. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Yep, for sure. Uh pretty much all mirab. It's like Kenny Kenny's kind of done here.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know if he's, like, mentally I mean, given up or anything like that. I think yeah. he just physically can't do it. So
1: I don't think it was all, I don't think it was dominant on the feet. I thought Kenny was still kind of there. Mirab just wasn't yes. pushing so hard on the feet, perhaps. Uh, but it's not until he, he gets a clinch a body lock and just starts throwing him on the ground.
0: Just ragdolling him, yeah. Rinse and
1: repeat, up and down, up and down. A lot of mat returns. Mm-hmm. Finally, he sinks the hooks in and decides, I'm going to throw some big bombs here to finish the round. I, I thought this was a 10-8 in our system, a uh, potential 10-8 in ABC.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a good way to describe it. I I would I would say of any of these rounds since we did have two 10-8s mm-hmm. uh in this fight, you know, that's not giving anything away. We we uh we did get at least a 10-8 in this round, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, I thought this was the one that definitely had at least an argument for considering it. Yes. In the ABC scoring system and in our system, it makes a lot more sense to go a 10-8 here. Uh, because I mean, just, just the simple fact that he's being, he's getting, uh, Davalashvili is giving a lot of grappling dominance with these, with these Mm -hmm. takedowns, some of which are pretty high amplitude, some of which are not. Um, and he's not being able to follow up as much, you know, Kenny's able to get up from them realistically. So yeah, as, as much as it's impressive that Davalashvili had 11 or 12 takedowns in this fight, he also let Kenny up just as many times. Yep. So it, that's one of the things that I think Mirab needs to do a little bit better with in his uh, in his evolution as a fighter is be able to keep it down and generate offense when he's down there and not just right throw the, it's it's like, in the, you know, the Seinfeld where it's like, you know, it's not enough to take the reservation. You have to hold the <laughs> reservation and he doesn't hold the reservation.
1: Yeah, I find it more impressive when guys take someone down in the first thirty seconds and then beat him up for the next four minutes. Yeah, yeah, seconds. like like, like a beeb. Pretty much,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is the uh the standard bearer when it comes to that kind of thing. But yeah, so this this to me was a ten eight uh Divalish in our system. I don't think I would have given a ten eight in ABC scoring.
1: Well, I'll tell you why I wouldn't. I, he doesn't really start going for anything to finish the fight. Until like the last thirty seconds.
0: Yeah, there's not a so. lot of fight finishing instant. Kind of like we were talking to he's, mm-hmm. he's just kind of coming, bringing him down, and then he's getting back up and, and bringing mm-hmm. him down. There's not a lot of time to be throwing punches out there. He's just mm-hmm. kind of letting him back up. Yeah, and you did, you know, when he when he did get the back take, and uh, and you've got Kenny Turtle there. There is at least more of an effort to go that route. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely would not have considered a ten eight in this scenario. I don't think that's the right call to do. Uh, but unfortunately uh and and this is not as bad as the first round, but uh judge Lopez was the lone 10-8 score in this round as well. Cleary and D'Amato saw this one for developers really ten nine i I don't like it here either, but it's i guess you could probably you know feign some sort of excuse for it
1: you can get, you can find a a defense i think
0: i guess i don't know it wouldn't be a very strong one well,
1: i would say i i guess you can say maybe damage from those strikes at the end and definitely grappling dominance so you got two there
0: i guess yeah there's there's at least a leg to stand if that was that was the justification she was able to give at the uh the post-mortem assuming they did one in in uh, new mexico that okay probably she's not gonna get you know told that this is not a good score or something like that but gosh i still can't figure out a way that you could defend round one
1: yeah round one's wild
0: <laughs> no idea what that was about Um, and her scorecard ends up being 30 to 25 for this fight, which is, that is not the fight we watched at all. That's not not a representative score. You know, our scores are both 30 to 26, Dan. Yes. And that's in our much more liberal scoring system, which allows for that. So, no, this, this is not, this is not a 30 25 fight. It just isn't. I, I mean, I would be okay with coming up with a system that was even more liberal than ours is.
1: It's just it's but it's just not
0: this is it's not how it works.
1: I mean, Kenny's not diminished t- to the point of a thirty twenty five. No, no, no.
0: He's so. he's definitely physically slowing down, but it is, you know, he's is he not? He's not really getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, even at the end, he was barely getting hurt by anything there. Um. So yeah, the final scores hers was thirty twenty five. Uh, Derek Cleary because he was split on the first round twenty nine twenty eight to Volzfieldly. Really not not an awful score, no. but I I think the most representative score of this fight based on ABC official scoring uh comes from sal damato 3027
1: yeah that's a solid score sal
0: i think so so that's it for this one i'm not looking forward to the next time they go back to new mexico but who knows when they're going to be doing something like that yeah no for sure. a long time no idea and uh you know what nothing nothing against the fine folks in new mexico who deserve the chance to be able to watch a live fight in their area at some point uh but uh you know, maybe use more traveling judges, please. All right, but that—that's yeah, it for for the the looks back. I think we can start looking ahead, right? Uh, yeah. PFL two tonight. tonight. Tonight, because you're listening on Thursday. It's tonight. Uh, <laughs> I um. What what did you, I know? You weren't a huge fan of of everything when it came to PFL. Uh, in the first event, but I know you like it. You're interested in the I'm format. I'm interested
1: in the format, yeah. The, and I think
0: uh, this one's got some more fighters that you're going to recognize.
1: told, This card has a lot of... you know, I didn't know Antonio Carlos Jr. got released.
0: He, uh, or he did. He actually so. was released. It was a very kind of surprising one. Uh, or at least... I, I'm, I'm not 100% that he got released. I don't want to Or maybe I don't his contract just that. ran out. It was one or the other. I'm just not remembering at this point. I thought he was released. Uh, but it was a very strange one because I think he's a talented fighter. Uh, is he a top fighter? Probably not. Uh, but now he moves on to PFL. He signed here pretty quickly and he's actually going to be competing at 205 pounds. He'd been a middleweight. I believe he won the tough season when he was 205 though, right? Or it was he a heavyweight for that one.
1: Was that a, I don't know. What I think he might have one. been a
0: heavyweight when he won.
1: That might have been. Wow. But,
0: you know, anytime tough as those heavyweight seasons, they typically come right back down.
1: Rashad Evans was a heavyweight. <laughs> Rashad
0: Evans was a heavyweight. And realistically, if he fought his whole career at middleweight, it would have actually made a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. He ended up there at the end when it was yeah, way past uh, due. <laughs> but, yeah, so PFL has 205 pounds in action and 170 pounds with uh, the headliner, Rory McDonald. They're like, you could argue... That realistically, he's a bigger signing in terms of what he can still offer PFL than Anthony Pettis.
1: Yeah, Rory Max, is, uh, he's a tough kid. So, he's a tough o- guy now. He's only so, 31.
0: He's been fighting he's, for for 16 years, Dan.
1: I know, he's fight, he fought before he was 18, that's crazy. He
0: fought several times before yeah, he was 18. So. He got to the UFC, He was he fought Carlos Condit when he was just 21 years old, and he almost beat Carlos Condit. He definitely won those first two rounds of that fight, and he lost with like seven seconds to go.
1: Yeah, he's got he's got that Jose Aldo mileage to him, but young in age.
0: Yeah, i I wonder what he's going to be able to do in this. I actually spoke to him uh, earlier today, Dan. This is oh, Tuesday, okay? Um, and he does seem to have found more focus uh, in terms of what he wants to accomplish in the sport because you know he had that interview for years back where he was very conflicted about. Whether he still had the killer instinct and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. he seems to have. From talking to him today, he seems to have come much was, more to terms with what he can do. He's he's a very spiritual guy.
1: Was was that interview before or after the Lawler fight? Lawler two.
0: Oh, this was this was right after the Fitch fight, the John Fitch fight in Bellator. Oh,
1: okay, so so this was this so this was after Lawler anyway. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But, this is a few years removed so from that.
1: I thought Robbie Lawler stole his soul. In that fifth round,
0: I don't know if he did that or not, yeah, but that was one hell of a fight.
1: Like it, he seemed like maybe he wanted to keep going, but his body's like, dude, we're done. I think it's his nose happened.
0: shut down, and he's like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't blame him. That there's there's no shame in that.
1: That's that was that great.
0: was an amazing fight and an amazing yeah. beatdown uh, on both sides, realistically. So, um, but yeah, Rory he's back in action. He's gonna fight Curtis Millinder. Actually, both of these guys are coming from Bellator. Yep. It's kind of a weird, you know, moving over from Bellator to PFL. It's it's quite a mismatch here, uh, but this was also a late, uh, lately booked fight because McDonald was supposed to fight David Michaud, and okay. up until a couple weeks ago, Michaud he was diagnosed with a heart condition, and he it sounds like his career's over.
1: I know a bit about those.
0: Yeah, I know you do. So, I know you got you got uh, you got a little bit of a bum ticker yourself in a way, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there, unfortunately, David Mashad's career appears to be uh, over, which is, you know, a heartbreaking way. But hopefully he can well, it's find than his life being over. Yes, so. absolutely. You hope he finds uh, great success in the next chapter. But yeah, I mean, so that's a fight on the that's the headliner right before that is Ray Cooper, the third who won the PFL welterweight season two oh, years ago. He's the winner. OK, he was the winner. Absolutely. He's the son of uh, Ray Cooper, Jr., okay. as it was, the name would imply. But Ray that's... Cooper, Jr., yeah, I mean he had he was he had a decent career, uh, you know. I didn't quite. I don't believe he actually had a UFC fight, but I remember him fighting at Rumble on the Rock. You remember that tournament?
1: Rumble on the Rock was that in Hawaii.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I believe he was part of that. I think he lost to Jake Shields. That and makes I, sense. Jake and if Shields I'm not mistaken, there. and I'd have to double check this, I believe Ray Cooper the third ended up beating Jake Shields.
1: And you beat my I dad. Think he, now, I think you. that
0: happened. I, <laughs> can you verify that actually real quick for us? Yeah, now uh, the son actually avenged his father's loss to Jake Shields. That, that's what I hope uh, my children do for me one day. <laughs> Whenever I lose to somebody, I want them to come back and be like, "Now nah, I'm gonna beat you," and I don't care if it's at like Monopoly or whatever. Just, just my kids got to avenge me for something. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty wild. So he's back in action. Uh, he's fighting Jason P- uh, Pone, who I don't know anything about, to be honest. Uh, also at 170, part of this field, Gleason T. Bow. I can't believe he's still fighting yeah yeah he's and he's now at 170 which I think is a much more manageable weight for the guy because he was always a monster
1: and arguably beat Khabib
0: yes but inarguably it was popped for performance enhancing drugs and this is a terrible surprise no 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 not for that fight but uh later on and realistically are we going to assume he only did it the one time you know uh, (laughs) we're just we're just guessing here not making accusations, but realistically, come on, let's face it.
1: That, that was a horrible fight. Don't even watch that yeah,
0: honestly, fight. We, we already did that one. Yeah. Yeah, we did that fight. Uh, And 205 pounds, a lot of names you're going to recognize here, yep. Dan. So the, the main one, though, uh, you're probably not going to know as much unless you did but, watch that PFL finale.
1: But also, at once we got Tom Lawler also at 170.
0: No, Tom Lawler's at 205, man. To- no way. Tom Law- Filthy Tom Lawler is a 205 pounder.
1: Has he always been? Yes. No way do I believe that. He's so little.
0: I got to look it up just to believe it.
1: I guess he's just a 205-er. I think you're All just right.
0: forgetting, or maybe you're thinking of the other Tom Lawler, the one who does your taxes. Who's that? I just made him up. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. I'm why a... would I
0: know who does your taxes? Come on. I, I do my own. Well, there you go. Yeah. You're the guy who does your taxes, so why should <laughs> Anyway. Uh yeah, so but I was going to say though it, it, obviously Tom Lawler is part of this field. Uh the top 205 pounder at least uh coming back into this is a man Emiliano Sorti who won back in 2019 he won the PFL season. He's going against Chris Camozzi who yeah. many times in the UFC they kept throwing him at Jacare Souza for some <laughs> reason and Jacare kept beating him. That was
1: <laughs> That was a fun fight. Well, I don't
0: know why they kept doing that but uh <laughs> how
1: many times did he fight him? Twice.
0: I think we were there for the second one. It was like twice too many, though. But
1: <laughs> well, I think he was a late replacement in the, in the He was. He one, was. He so. was.
0: But it's like, come on. Oh, you couldn't find another body. <laughs> anyway, so Carlos Jr. is a part of this one. Tom Lawler. Vinny Magalies, Yes.
1: Excited for him.
0: Of course. And uh, Cesar Muchanch Fajera, who fought all the way down at 170 for a period at the, at the UFC. Mostly at middleweight. He's up at 205 for this one.
1: Seems like a lot of guys are like, you know what? Can finally eat during
0: training camp. <laughs> well, they're also not doing a middleweight season this year. Oh, in PFL, so that's part of it. There's okay. just there's not a middleweight. If you wanted to fight for them, you fought at two hundred five. And yeah, I think there's a lot of that kind of feeling. It's like, well, I don't mind. I'm I cut a lot of weight to get to middleweight. Mm-hmm. I could do this uh, for a million dollars if I win yeah, that. For four, a million,
1: if I win four fights this year, million bucks.
0: Yeah, man, I'd do it. And there's, I don't think there's any monsters in this field otherwise. So I, I'm interested to see how this develops. So you, do you have a favorite uh, early on for either 170 or 205?
1: I thought Antonio Carlos Jr. at 205. Okay. I think think that's a solid pick to win it. And I, I'm going to go Rory at 170.
0: Okay. I am going to go with Sordi as my winner. I think I'm just going to go with him based on the fact that he won last time and i i don't know no one in this field particularly impressed me although carlos junior would be my second choice mm,
1: okay
0: yeah uh what about at 170 is is it rory
1: yeah yeah i, I just mentioned it. oh sorry, sorry. Rory, yeah rory uh 170
0: yeah no I, I would i would have to think he's the guy to beat although you know he he has his career has taken a different trajectory since the the Robbie Lawler fight he's not his record isn't nearly as impressive um, And he, like I said, he's got a lot of miles in this game. Usually, mm-hmm. usually you start to see in MMA guys start to kind of peter off after, you know, kind of that 10, 11 ish year mark of their careers. And then, you know, kind of you get mixed returns on there. Sometimes at heavyweight, these guys can find new life and extend for you know, a long time. We've got, you Ar- know, Arlovsky. Arlovsky, who's never going <laughs> anywhere. He's going to be fighting until he's 94
1: I think he said he wanted, like, four more years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> probably at least. Uh, but, yeah, th- those are kind of typically rare. At the, at the lower weights like this, someone like 170-pound McDonald could be a little bit different. But, you know, it, it's hard to go against him. You know, I just don't think there's enough killers in this field of, of fighters here. And also, uh, we were supposed to get Alexei Kunchenko, former UFC guy who I actually was pretty impressed with. He, he lost a couple split decisions and – just didn't go his way, so he got cut. He was supposed to be a part of this. He's not fighting on this card now. I'm not exactly sure why he was pulled. I don't think they actually explained it, but okay. you know, he's not. He's not getting the chance to earn six points potentially and uh, and get into that playoff field. So I'm not really sure what's going on with that. So but he... but he was someone I had my eye on as as very much a dark horse. So
1: if he if he fights on the next one for these weight classes. He's only at one regular season fight. He
0: will only—that's my understanding. Unless they're going to try and they—who knows? Maybe they're going to try and put that fight, you know, on next week or, or at some point in the middle. I have no idea what they can feasibly do. Anything would just be guesswork here. Um, but he was someone I had my eye on. If he can somehow—if he's going to keep fighting in the in the PFL and he's going to be able to get one more. Fight maybe he gets a first round finish or something like that sneak into the mm-hmm. the top four get into the playoffs he's someone I have my eye on but yeah I'm gonna favor I'm gonna favor McDonald here too
1: now if you if you only if you get a second round finish is that only five points
0: yeah and yeah third so it's your returns it each so you win you get three points mm-hmm. think of it like that right you get a bonus of three points for the first round finish bonus of two for second and bonus of one for third okay that's how it works got you it's the easiest way to to interpret it uh but yeah I mean realistically. If you get six points, you're almost guaranteed to get in. It's almost like I've just kind of looked at last year's and it really makes a lot of sense because you just need to make the top four. And usually that's about six points. So if you can win two fights, even if they're by decision, unless everyone else is able to do something, you're probably going to get in. Sounds good. And then, of course, uh, nothing on Friday yet. We don't get Bellator coming back just yet. Uh, Next week, we're going to get Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're going to have fight, fight, fight from from basically the top three mma promotions in north america uh but this week nothing friday saturday back on with ufc like we spoke about reyes going against yuri prohaska mm-hmm. who we haven't seen since before the pandemic when he really impressed everybody with that uh that finish of vulcan ozdemir
1: he smashed vulcan and... and and
0: vulcan bring in full circle again yes this <laughs> whole thing is full it's circle. all length <laughs> there's only six guys at, at light heavyweight
1: apparently i'm a, i'm expecting pro haska to win this one
0: it's five rounds i don't know what kind of gas tank we're going to get from haska i'm not i he's much more of a finisher so we'll see reyes you know obviously he has questions about his gas tank being able to hold up of five rounds he slowed down against john jones basically cost him the championship and the stunning upset of john jones by slowing down like that and uh but, but i do think reyes he just doesn't have the same type of killer instinct in the way he typically fights. He, I think he's trying to do damage, but I don't think he's necessarily making enough of an effort to put his guys out of there, get them out of there in a hurry. And Prohaska is most definitely going to do that. So I feel good about Prohaska winning. I'm going to say round one uh, KO. That's what I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. And, and... We're not usually united on the whole front We usually there. aren't, no. Yeah. And this this one looks like a round one KO, or at least something early, right? Yeah, and
1: and of the limited...
0: Um, fights
1: I've actually seen a Prohaska. His his fight versus Nemkov was like that's a crazy fight.
0: He made Nemkov quit.
1: Yeah, he quit on the stool. Yeah, so that's a that was a crazy fight. And I he could bring
0: if Prohaska wins uh, the UFC title at some point, no matter what happens in Bellator, he could bring balance to the force as far yeah. as from the UFC's perspective. <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. And say
0: and say that hey, we still have the best guy. Uh, I mean that's I I think that's gonna be a fun little debate to have between. Bellator and the UFC as far as who has the best two hundred five pounder. It's fun that it's it. You can kind of think about that now. Although at it's also it... not fun that we're not going to get those fights. Yes, at least it's heading
1: that direction. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. uh Judges for this one, though, for this event, I'm going to assume it's we're going back to the usual Nevada judges that we've had. Right, makes sense. Yeah,
1: it seem it seen. You know, it seems like this. Well, you know what? May throw me a wrench. Maybe we'll see uh, Cologne on both PFL and UFC.
0: Oh, so yeah, PFL because, because PFL is in Atlantic City, which is right near where the man lives in South Jersey. So that would be easy if he's going to be able to fly out on Friday. Most of the judges, when they fly to Vegas, they fly out on Friday. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Maybe he'll do that. I don't know. Maybe he'll pull double duty. We've seen Sal D'Amato do that before. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if any of the other judges have done it recently. I want to say Mike Bell has, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, so but Mike Bell and D'Amato those are guys I expect in Vegas as well. We'll Mm -hmm. we'll see who else we get. Um, but uh, as far as uh, other fights on this card, what are you looking forward to?
1: Sean Strickland and uh, Christoph Jocko. Okay, I think that should be a fun
0: fight. Strickland's fun.
1: Strickland, he's on. He had a good run. Uh, He just beat Brendan Allen. That was a pretty solid win.
0: It is. A, I mean, so, Allen's no joke.
1: Yeah, and Allen just won this past weekend.
0: In impressive fashion yes. that you somehow didn't pick as one of your favorite finishes.
1: I didn't pick it. Well, no, it was one of my favorite. Oh, one of them, but it wasn't but
0: the top one. It's,
1: hey, how can you go against Thug Rose.
0: It's true. It's true. But,
1: yeah, what about you? Well, I, you know, who,
0: what's your pick for that one, though?
1: Oh, I'm going Strickland. TKO.
0: Okay. Yeah. You got a round, or you don't care?
1: Uh, late. It's going to be a late TKO.
0: Okay. I think Strickland by decision. OK, yeah, I think uh, I think Jocko has has kind of the survivability to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's durable. But yeah, I, I think Strickland's just going to be a better fighter. So uh, my fight, though, is the co I don't think this is a surprise to anyone who's heard me speak about Giga say over the past year or so. I've, I've been very impressed with what he brings to the cage every fight. Uh, can he be a bit of a showman? Is he always necessarily trying to absolutely finish the fight or is he just kind of being able to flex what he can do in there as a kickboxer? You know, it's it's kind of a fair case, but he's also leaps and bounds a better striker than most fighters. Uh, Cub Swanson is no joke. Of course, he's been fighting forever. Mm-hmm. This is the step up
1: that you've been calling for that I've
0: been hoping to see for him. You know, yeah. it it's not a total top step up and I don't think he's ready for that. This will show if he is or not. I'm interested to see if uh, if Cub's going to be able to get it down and and really test Chikadze down on the ground.
1: I mean, Cub just got a knockout too.
0: He don't, well, Obviously, he can do it all. Like he's he is a mixed martial artist through and through.
1: He's also an actor. Is that right? He was in that show Kingdom.
0: Oh, okay. I haven't watched Kingdom. I yeah. know a lot of people love it.
1: It's okay. It sh- it really highlights the negative parts of the fight game.
0: Oh, that's okay. I mean, that's typical. It's entertainment. What these do. Yeah, so. this is what it is. Yeah. It's like, that it, it sounds like uh playmakers, the NFL. Uh, exactly. Perfect. I loved playmakers. Right, so then not you're... to, not to go off on too much of a tangent. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, as much as I respect Cub Swanson, we're talking about a guy who's also been in the fight game a very, very long time. Uh, and I do think someone like Giga is on the come up. I think as long as he can keep himself off the ground for long enough, I think he's going to win the striking. And I, I think he's going to win a decision. I don't think he's going to finish Cub. Cub's real durable, but I think, I think he's going to outpoint Swanson. Okay. What about you? I'm going to go with Cub. Oh, not going to so? go against him. I, how so?
1: I think he grinds him out. Decision.
0: Oh, you think it's going to be a boring fight?
1: No, he's going to smash
0: him on the ground. Oh, just okay. Just going to finish him. He grinds tough. him out. I'm kind of thinking, okay, you think he's oh, just no, kinda, no, yeah, no. okay, okay. It's going to it's going to be dirty. Grind is like a negative. Okay, yeah, I can hear, I understand that now. Okay, gritty. Yeah, you think like sure. a gritty fight.
1: He's going to go in there, handle his business. Okay, I,
0: I'm looking forward to it. Most gonna be, definitely, it'll end.
1: be good for Giga.
0: Yeah, I think run. win or lose, this fight is definitely a, an important one for Giga to see where he is against that level. You know, is he there yet? I don't know, but I, I look forward to it. And I, you know, nothing against Cub, I, I actually do hope he comes out on the other side because I want to see his brand of striking up against uh, you, you know, some of the, even you know, it would be an awesome fight. Just forget about the fact that can you make it at this point or not. Him and Zabit, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't Giga and Zabit make an awesome? That fight? That would be a wild fight. That'd be a fun fight.
1: Is Zabit ever gonna fight though?
0: Yeah, he'll eventually fight, <laughs> but who knows when.
1: And that's going to do it for this special Thursday edition of the Couchside Judges, where we'll be back again on Monday to break down all the action from this weekend.
0: Hope it uh, made your almost end of the week a nice time. Maybe you're listening on Friday. I don't know. Maybe you don't care about PFL, but I hope you enjoyed this show.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Take care.